Algar Productions. Dear Mom, Dad, and all affiliated members of our clan, how are you? I am fine. So, it's been a pretty eventful couple of weeks since I wrote to you last. Oh, I finished knitting those sweaters. I learned how to play a board game. Uh, I got to fly a runabout for the first time. And oh, oh yeah, yeah, we, uh, we made first contact with our first new species in Andromeda. The Ah. After a bit of a rocky start, and that's a play on words that you'd find hilarious if you knew they carved their ships out of asteroids. We've become very good friends with them. In addition to the usual exchange of technology and cultural data, they've proposed an officer exchange program. And they're even helping us replace the decks of Nimbus Station that were destroyed in that explosion. Naomi says, if that doesn't make them our BFFs, nothing will. I'm not sure how a race of people can be biofiltration fusers or why they'd want to be, but Naomi's a scientist, and I assume she knows what she's talking about. I did tell you that we lost three decks of the station in an explosion, right? I'm sure I must have told you that. Kutch? Kutch, who are you talking to? Well, on a happier note, Nav and I are still dating. It's been a few months now. And are you writing another letter home while you're walking around the station? A computer pause recording. Yeah, I guess I was. For a security officer, you're surprisingly unconcerned with privacy. Oh, that's irony. <laughs> Dell taught me about that. It's like sarcasm, but with ideas instead of words. Hey, why aren't you wearing your sweater? Oh, you didn't do that thing where you told me you liked it, but you secretly hate it, did you? Kutch, when have you ever known me to lie to spare anyone's feelings? Yeah, okay, that's a good point. I have to stay in uniform because I'm actually still on duty. I tried calling you to say I couldn't make it to lunch today, but the comms are still out down here. It's gotta be pretty rough having to inventory down here where all those people died. Eh, this is the job. It wasn't so bad after they cleared out the... The what? Oh, the bodies, all the dead bodies that were down here. Well, yeah. It's not really like you to be so indirect about something like that. I know. I'm trying something new. Turns out some people are sensitive about mortality and death. Ugh, people. Right? Anyway, they have us working double shifts to get this inventory finished, so our new friends... The ah. Yeah, easy for you to say. So they can get started on the reconstruction. I'm going to be down here until at least 1900. Any chance we could disappear into one of those empty dark aisles for 15 minutes or so? Why, Lieutenant? I'll have you know I'm a Chief Petty Officer in Starfleet, and I would never engage in activities as illicit as the ones you're suggesting while I'm on duty. You know, it's hard to take you seriously while you're gesturing to that corner with one hand and taking off your uniform jacket with the other. Just keep an eye out, will you? There's a Romulan working down here who has a habit of sneaking... Wait. What? Seven, eight, nine... What's going on? Deck 34, section six, second quadrant... 10E. Are we not going someplace to make out right now? It's okay if we're not, but I, I was under the impression that... Just hang on a sec. Computer, what is the listed inventory for the warehouse location directly in front of me? Line item 6XBF07A, shielded cargo containers, comma, six each. 
part number 449-300-001101. Yes, thank you. It's eerie how you can do that. I know my warehouse. Computer, what was in those containers? Secured stores of quadrilithium. Shit. What? Computer, where else do we store quadrilithium on this station? No additional stores of quadrilithium found. Shit. Shit, shit, shit! What? What the hell is quadrilithium? Okay, so you know how we have this amazing technology that lets us transport things back and forth from the Alpha Quadrant? Equipment, people, messages? Sure. Those systems work because of an AN-AVS-6V-1 Amplified Beam Alignment Relay, if you prefer the very typical Starfleet name for it. I think I like yours better. So Nimbus is tethered to a crystalline planet, which... Blah, 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 technobabble, who cares? The bottom line is, all of that needs quadrilithium to work. Without it, we can't call home. We can't go home unless we get back in our starships and go very fast for a couple of decades. So either we're stuck here in an unfamiliar galaxy, or more likely, we'll have to pack up this entire project and go home. And we lost all our quadrilithium in the explosion. Looks like. Shit. In the aftermath of a costly and brutal war, four superpowers came together to launch a bold new project. To explore a new galaxy together, as allies, with a common interest in expanding their scientific and cultural horizons, four ships were commissioned. And one of those ships represents the pinnacle of Federation diversity and cooperation, the USS Endeavor. Endeavor, created by Matt Rabotham and Ron Algar-Watt. Starring Kara O'Connor as Naomi Wildman, Amanda Smith as Dal Lacerto, and Jason Wallace as Kutch. Season 1, Episode 6, Demand a Shock. Dear everyone, it's been about four months since my last letter, and there's a lot to catch you up on. Sorry I haven't written sooner, but we, we've had to scale back on our long-range comms. I can't really say why right now. Things have been crazy here, especially for security, which, you will recall, is the job that I do here. Since the AH, the Nimbus Project has encountered five additional friendly species. All of the major powers here have made at least one first contact, even the Ferengi. Actually, the Cardassians haven't yet. They try their best in that official Cardassian sort of way to deflect and talk around this point in the briefings they give us. They probably don't think people will read all the footnotes and cross-references. But, as my friend Al likes to say, there are two things you should know about Kutch. He's literate and he's determined. I'm not sure if she meant that as a compliment. It's hard to tell with her sometimes, but I took it as one. In fact, I believe it was my combined abilities to read and keep reading. Okay, so maybe it wasn't a compliment. 
Anyway, I'm pretty sure those skills are what helped me negotiate with those Ferengi when they arrived a few months ago. And now I know I told you all about that in my previous letter, but they've only recently declassified the recordings from that meeting, and... Well, I, I'm actually really proud of this. Okay, so... If we change item 16, paragraph 4, subclause 21A to, uh, uh, let's see here, uh, 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 not to exceed 6%. 4%. Is that where we landed on that? I'm sure we said 6. 4%. Fine, fine. In the interest of expediency, I'll agree to split the difference and, uh, call it 5. 4%. All right, all right. You drive an exceptionally hard bargain. So can we call this a done deal, then? Oh, God, no. That was only my first page of notes. Moving on to page two, I have a number of serious concerns. Captain Gia put me in for a commendation for that. I've never had such an encouraging CO before. He really makes me want to live up to his opinion of me. Actually, because of my involvement in that original negotiation, I've been called to the Situation Room on Nimbus Station to consult on a, quote, urgent matter. So, no doubt you'll be receiving more news soon about your heroic son's continued efforts to keep the Nimbus Project from complete collapse. Now, what the hell's he doing here? For some reason, Commander Rice doesn't like me. Or anyone else from Endeavor. Or pretty much anyone, really. I except the Admiral. Did you hear that, Admiral? I asked what the hell he was- Yes, thank you, Commander. I heard. Thankfully, Rice has returned to his position as adjutant to Admiral Soraya. Our new first officer actually used to be our, our helm officer, Commander Zot. I like her. She's much easier to work with than Commander Rice. And it's easy to remember her name because you can't spell Zot without Exo. <laughs> yeah. And nobody I've said that to has found it funny yet. Anyway, since, since we've met all these other species, uh, the captain decided to cash in three weeks of accumulated leave for personal reasons. I was 90% sure I knew what that meant. Then I saw the... Uh, item I knitted for him hanging on the door of his quarters. The other security officers assured me that this means do not disturb in many cultures. So I'm a hundred percent sure now. He's having sex right now, like a lo whole lot of sex. Lieutenant Kutch, thanks for coming. Have a seat. Oh, thank you, Commander. How can I help? Well, the Ferengi have... What is this all about, Damon Pock? Right, I'll keep this brief. As I'm sure you all remember, a few months ago, a portion of this station was destroyed in an incident that we had nothing to do with. I'm looking at you, Captain Kirk. How many times am I expected to apologize for that? Once would be nice. Now, <laughs> had to ask. And here I thought you were going to keep this brief. Alright then, here it is. I'm here to talk about Quadralithium. A resource which, as I understand it, is extremely rare. In fact, the only known sources in the Alpha Quadrant, in all of the combined territory claimed and explored by your four governments, are two small moons and an asteroid belt. Even under the best circumstances, this stuff's not easy to get your hands on, and of course, it can't be synthesized, and its molecular structure is too unstable to go through a transporter, so whatever supply you brought with you to this galaxy is all you had. 
Any guesses as to where this project chose to store its entire supply? Enough of these games. You clearly already know the answer. Our stores were located on Deck 36, which was lost, lost in the explosion. Oh, if you people had brought even one Ferengi on board this project, he'd have told you that you never keep your entire stock of a commodity, especially a rare commodity, in one place. Rule of Acquisition 12. Diversify or perish. Oh, good. I love it when Ferengi injected little helpful hints into a conversation. Rude. We had not made this information public yet, as we felt it would cause undue panic. But your sources, whatever they might be... Uh... <laughs> they wish to remain anonymous. I assumed as much. For operational purposes, we now possess only trace amounts of quadrilithium. We've tried to economize our current supply, but if a more viable solution cannot be identified within the next 30 days, we will need to begin making arrangements to discontinue the Nimbus project and return all personnel and essential equipment to the Alpha Quadrant. Wow. You all have an awful lot invested in this project. Decades of preparation, resources to put any private enterprise I've seen completely to shame, and I know a lot of very rich people. And of course, the uh, unprecedented cooperation between four governments that have never all been at peace with each other at the same time. It'd be a shame to throw all of this away over something as small as a little quadrilithium. He has some, Commander. Lieutenant, something you'd like to share with the rest of us? Don't insult me by pointing out how I was able to hear that. Please. Go ahead, Catch. Well, it, it seems pretty clear to me, Daemon, that you have a supply of quadrilithium that you will now proceed to sell to us. Uh, the kid's good. But of course, we already knew that. You realize that none of our governments even observes the same economic structure that you do, right? Oh, every Ferengi is painfully aware of this fact, Commander Zot, was it? That's right. Klingons still barter with one another for goods and services and have no standardized currency. That is more or less accurate. Of course, our records there are somewhat spotty. Broadly speaking, most Klingons won't let a Ferengi get close enough to them to do any kind of substantial business. That seems entirely accurate. Cardassians, being Cardassians, trust the glorious state to handle their affairs. It is a system that has adequately served our needs for centuries. And Earth, of course, is a socialist utopia, which is the philosophy that's corrupted, <clears throat> I'm sorry, influenced the Federation as a whole since its founding. And the Romulans... The Romulan homeworld was obliterated by a supernova nine years ago, rendering matters of our infrastructure largely irrelevant. Oh yes, of course. A, a great loss to the Alpha Quadrant. Never forget. Listen, I appreciate that everyone contributing to this project sees things differently than we do, but let's not pretend that this is a surprise. We've been nothing but direct about our motives for coming here. Our ship is called the Relentless Prophet. You didn't think that was just a figure of speech, did you? We agreed to share the scientific data we've collected here with you for nothing. That was a good faith deal. You must have known this day was coming, and if you didn't, you're all a lot more naive than I realized. We're not surprised, Daemon, but we are, as you have already pointed out, entirely unprepared to pay you in any meaningful sense of the word. We could conceivably trade some large asset for the quadrilithium. Begrudgingly. Oh, relax. 
You don't have anything we want. Except... Except... <laughs> Computer, display presentation POC 2. Establishment of an Omega Quadrant economy. That's right. You people, all of you, to some degree or another, love to travel throughout space and spread your philosophy. I've always seen this as common ground between our various peoples. So you'll give us the Quadrilithium, and in return, we will be expected to sign over substantial portions of this station to you for... Retail spaces? Well, you're a fast reader. Well, that's only the first slide. You know what? Forget the presentation. Let me just take you quickly through the bullet points. We get control of all existing businesses, uh, restaurants, bars, markets, and first right of refusal for new businesses. But how does that repay our debt? I'm getting to that. Prong two, my plan has two prongs, incidentally, is that you regularly patronize these businesses and pay for what they're offering with good, old-fashioned, reliable gold-pressed latinum. Ridiculous. Our personnel don't even carry latinum. I guess you'd have to start paying them then. Assuming we went through with this, it seems like a really roundabout way to pay off whatever insane monetary value you choose to assign the quadrilithium. Why couldn't we just contact our governments in the Alpha Quadrant and have them transfer the entire amount directly to you? Because I don't have any accounts in the Alpha Quadrant. I live here now. I thought you were supposed to diversify. I heard that. Listen, I'm not proposing to dictate how things work aboard your starships. You want to continue giving your people food and clothing and whatever other materials you can replicate at... Ugh. No cost. We're not going to stop you. But any business you transact here on Nimbus Station would be done with us. And we only accept Latinum. So what's to stop us from paying our people a hundred bars an hour for their efforts? Or a thousand? Nothing. But if you do that, we'll raise prices accordingly. <laughs> You'd be devaluing the currency. I'd hate for such an ugly fate to befall such a beautiful, perfect currency. But I will steer my ship wherever the Great Material River takes me. This is extortion, plain and simple. You know, we don't have that word in our language. Uh, not in the sense of it being criminal, anyway. Now, the bottom line is this. You all go on and on about diversity and respecting other cultures. You have a simple decision to make here. You can give up on the most ambitious undertaking in the history of the Milky Way galaxy. Or you can start doing things the Ferengi way. So, we all agree on this economy, the value of everything, pay our people so they can frequent your businesses, and we begin this grand experiment substantially in your debt. Eh, rule of acquisition one, uh, uh, and ten, and twenty-two. Uh, most of them, really. I wish to speak. Of course, Commander Terrell. Yes, you have been uncharacteristically silent during this conversation. I cannot speak for my esteemed colleagues on this council. I want it to be abundantly clear that I represent only the Romulan interests of this mission and the 217 Romulans under my command. And what I have to say on their behalf is this. Whatever the Ferengi want to keep this mission going, we are willing to pay it. If the other three voting members are unwilling to pay, we would, quite honestly, step up and shoulder the remaining Burnet. Commander, that smacks of unilateral decision-making. You're absolutely right. And let me tell you something, Admiral, and you, Daemon, and the rest of you. If events had unfolded without the intervention of the Ferengi, we would have depleted our remaining stocks of quadrilithium and then been forced to abandon this project. We would all, every one of us, feel a great sadness, a great disappointment that this grand experiment of ours had failed before it even had a chance to succeed. 
And then you'd all beam back to the Alpha Quadrant and resume your lives. We Romulans, on the other hand, have no home to return to. I have not heard from anything resembling the Romulan Star Empire in nearly a decade. If the Empire does exist, it must either be in a state of tremendous disarray or it evolved into a form that none of us would even recognize. I suspect none of us would be particularly welcome in either scenario. Most of you and your crews beamed here once the infrastructure had been put into place, but all of the Romulans who were here were there on the original expedition team. We all got here the long way, and we've all invested 20 years of our lives into making this work. We want it to work, because we believe in the mission and we're dedicated to the scientific and cultural goals of that mission. But more importantly, it is quite possibly all that we have an opportunity to keep some small piece of the Romulus we once knew alive here. And that is why we will pay this cost, any cost, for the opportunity to continue here, no matter how high it may seem to the rest of you. Well, so, she's on board. What say the rest of you? Obviously, we'll need to speak with our respective governments before we make any kind of major decision. Yes, that is not a call I look forward to making. Nor I. Absolutely. I'm I'm happy to give you all the time you need to decide. Of, of course, your ever-diminishing supply of quadrilithium puts a bit of a ticking clock on the situation, but that's hardly something I can control. We'll be in touch, Daemon. Wow, so, uh, that was a lot. Yeah, it is. Hell of a time for the captain to leave me in charge for the first time. Oh, jeez, I didn't even think about that. I'll be all right. Between you and me, Lieutenant, I do my best thinking in a crisis. Our science teams have been on this for a while, and if anyone can pull off one of those legendary last-minute Starfleet tech solutions, it's Naomi Wildman. Hi, Mom! By now you've probably noticed that my weekly letters aren't coming so weekly anymore. I'm still taking the time to write them, but we've run into some problems recently, and we're trying to conserve resources and send fewer communications back home for the time being. More about that in a minute. I've had so many amazing experiences since I wrote you last. Earlier this week, we were on a Class M planet filled with these, well, they were kind of like pterosaurs mixed with a giant bat. They were purple, about three meters long, with an even longer wingspan. And they were so adorable, Mom! One of them even let me ride on its back. So amazing! I found an egg that I think may have been abandoned by its mother, and I eventually managed to convince Doc Shang that it wasn't a quarantine risk. It's currently in an incubator in my lab, and I'm closely monitoring its progress. So, as I kind of alluded to a minute ago, we've run into a pretty big obstacle here. I can't really get into specifics, but, well, it might mean that we're going to have to come home a lot earlier than any of us was planning to. You know I'd love to see you again, Mom, but I think you also probably understand what a huge blow that would be for me and for pretty much all of us. My science team has been coordinating with the Cardassian, Klingon, and Romulan teams in hopes of finding some kind of workaround, but honestly, it's all kind of a stab in the dark. You know I'm no slouch when it comes to applied astrophysics, but this one might be too big for me. Still, as long as there's even a tiny sliver of hope, you keep fighting. One of my first memories is hearing Captain Janeway saying that in a ship-wide message. We're actually bringing an exchange officer aboard from the AW today, and I'm immediately putting them on this project. 
We've had a lot of luck integrating their technology with ours, so maybe we can come up with a solution together. Ah, Lieutenant Commander Wildman. Happy to see you. And you as well. Oh, yo. Am I saying that right? Yes, that is correct. Is it, though? Actually, no. I am sorry. I realize it is difficult for your voice organs to produce many of our language's sounds, and I am sure you are doing your best. I felt it was the more diplomatic option. Oh, it's fine. As long as you're okay with it, I am too. Good. I do not wish to cause trouble over something so insignificant. Your people have been so kind to us, and so generous. Between the repairs to the Nimbus Station, the technology you've shared with us, and now this? We believe that no one should do without. If we are ever in a position to assist, we see it as our duty to do so. That's so beautiful. I mean, I guess the Federation sees things that way too, but some people find a way to make that difficult. Oh, we have those as well. So I read your proposal and... It's very ambitious. I'm familiar with Hassian, but only in theory. Nobody in Starfleet, or in any of the other teams, has ever really worked with it before. You use it to generate your warp gates, right? Correct. We deliberately manipulate its natural tendency to collapse to suit our navigational purposes. As you know, we don't have anything like your warp drive. Well, until you recently shared the technology with us. So we have instead created a series of artificial wormholes to link adjacent star systems. This is made possible with Hasio. It has an extremely short half-life, but I have some theories about preserving it. I'm excited to try them. Our runabout is just over here. Your runabouts are, unfortunately, a bit small for... Oh. What do you think? You've cut a hole in the top of your vessel to allow me sufficient headroom. And we filled the transparent dome on top with your own atmosphere, so you don't need to wear a special suit to travel with me. This was extremely kind of you. Well... Why should you have to do without, right? Come on, let's go! You okay up there? Yes, very comfortable, thank you. And the tableau is astounding. Oh wow, I guess it would be! 360 degrees of space with nothing to obstruct your view! Indeed. So, forgive me if this is an indelicate question. Look, I'm best friends with Dallas Serto. I'm sure I can handle it. When we rebuilt your space station, it became very apparent to us that you are an extremely accomplished group of cultures. Okay. None of this actually sounds indelicate at all. I am coming to that part. It is perplexing to us that you could forge such mighty alliances with your former enemies travel to an entirely new galaxy, and then allow one of your fundamental pieces of infrastructure to collapse completely after one accident. Oh. That. 
You're absolutely right. These decisions were made extremely high up the chain. See, we had this war. Is this the Dominion War? That's the one. It makes me a little sad that that's one of the first things you learned about us. It sounded terrible, like all wars. But it was also what ultimately brought your team together. Hmm. That's a good way of looking at it. So the Dominion had these administrators called Vorta working for them. At the end of the war, a couple of the Vorta scientists defected to our side and offered to help build some of our technology that we used on Nimbus Station. But one of the conditions of their helping us was that they were very secretive about how a lot of their technology worked. I think they may have even been genetically programmed not to tell us. I begin to see the problem. Yeah, I think you do. It wouldn't have been a big deal if either of them were still alive. Unfortunately, one of them died as soon as we arrived in the Omega Quadrant, and we lost the other one in the explosion. An unfortunate turn of events. Boy, you got that right. We're approaching the Collapsar, compensating for subspace distortions. Yes. Good. This is one of the sites from which we harvest our Hassium. And you think we should just be able to fire one of those projectiles you've prepped into that Collapsar and collect the energy? I've read much of your research, Lieutenant Commander Wildman, and I am certain you have a stronger grasp than that of the principles at work here. Yes. But I'm going to have to explain this to my commanding officer later, so it helps me to keep things as simple as possible. In that case, your description will suffice. Is the projectile prepared? Just say the word. The word. <laughs> Releasing projectiles! I speak for many of the R, but I say that we would be very sad if your people had to return to your own galaxy. Aww. I think I speak for many of my own people when I say we feel the same. What is that noise? We're getting a proximity alert. Brace for impact. Very well, but what? If you're asking what we hit, this is an excellent question. Sensors are offline, but attempting to... I can see the object we struck, however. Of course! You don't need sensors. You have a giant window. So what is it? Well, I see it, but I'm having difficulty comprehending what I'm seeing. Go on. It would appear that the front of this vessel has collided with the rear of this vessel. And, yes, beyond that, another vessel has collided with the rear of that one. And so on. When I wave my arm, I can see my counterparts doing the same on down the line. Hello! <sighs> yeah, this kind of stupid crap happened all the time on Voyager. Yeah? It's me, Commander Zot. I'm ready to give you my final report, but if you're busy... No, it's fine. Just doing a bit of target practice. Come on in. Well, everyone knows how much I love holodecks. Wildman. Commander Zot. Seriously, I don't want to bother you if you're not ready. I, I could talk to the captain unless he's still... He is. Still. Yes, I think we all know what he's up to right now, and I don't see much of a point in interrupting him. Absolutely. I never congratulated you on the promotion, by the way. Thanks. 
assuming you are congratulating me now? Of course. When this is all over, we need to throw you a party. I'd like that. But what I'd really like right now is some good news. The exchange officer is really pleasant to work with. Computer in program. Wildman. I'm sorry, Commander. We ran a dozen different physical tests, and I don't know how many computer models. No, I know exactly how many computer models. 14,750. The simulations predicted a pretty slim margin of success, but it was there. We just couldn't duplicate that in real time. At ease, Commander. I can't say I'm not disappointed, but I'm hardly going to yell at you for this. I mean, I know a rational officer wouldn't do that. But I've been serving under Commander Rice for a few months now. Ugh, that guy. I really am sorry, though, Commander. I know there was a lot riding on this, and nobody wanted our experiment to succeed more than me. All due respect, Commander, no one on this entire project wanted you to succeed more than I did. Not that it's a contest. Sir? I was just finally coming into my own here. You remember a few months ago, your first bridge duty? Oh, you mean when the station exploded and the Cardassians almost started a war with us? Yeah, I I think that rings a bell. Touché. My point was, you remember that quiet, timid little navigator? Or maybe if I wasn't standing right here in front of you, you wouldn't remember her at all. I'm pretty good with names, Commander. I'm trying to make a point here, Wildman. Sorry. Did you know I was almost a captain back in the Alpha Quadrant? I was on the short list to command something in the range of a Sovereign-class ship. I did not know that! I would have made a great captain. But then I got pregnant, which I am extremely grateful for, don't get me wrong. And I did what I thought you're supposed to do. I resigned my commission so I could dedicate all of my time to raising my child. Nothing wrong with that. No, not for some people, I guess. But I was so bored, Wildman. I love my child more than anything, but they do not require 100% of my time and attention. If anything, it makes our relationship stronger when we spend a little time apart. My mom managed a career in Starfleet while she was raising me, but... Everyone's different, and no one wants to be told how to raise their kids. Your mother did a great job. Oh, thank you, Commander. Where was I? Oh, right. Bored out of my goddamn skull. So I crawled back to Starfleet with my tail between my legs. No, I don't actually have a tail. That's just a figure of speech. I asked them if they could reinstate my commission. They said they could, but only if I accepted a reduced rank, which, okay, fine. I clawed my way up the chain of command once. I could do it again, except... Except... Turns out I'm one of those people who needs constant simulation. Uh, not like Captain Gia does. I mean, intellectually. Right. I get it. I'd forgotten how boring being a lieutenant was. You never get to make any decisions. You barely get to go on any away missions. You mostly just sit at a console and wait for something to happen. And something almost never happens. For someone like me, it was the worst. Oh, God, yeah. I can totally see that. So I fell into kind of a rut, and I might very well have stayed in that tedious, uninspired cycle of misery if not for our captain. When it became abundantly clear that Commander Rice was not fit to be our permanent first officer, Gia started digging through the records for possible replacements. And somehow, I don't even know how my name was on his list, but somehow he gave me a shot. Restored my original rank. He saw something of New Wildman. He's very good at that. I know we all transferred over almost a year ago, but it feels like I just got here. I finally feel like I'm exactly where I need to be, and I really don't want to go back. Yes, sir. I'm very, very sorry. Uh, it's not your fault. I know you, Naomi, and I have no doubt you did everything you could to fix this. Yeah, I, I did. We're not dead yet, anyway. There's one more option on the table. What? The Ferengi thing? Are you actually considering that? I guess I'm not at liberty to officially say anything, but... Well, you had to notice that team of economic experts that beamed in yesterday. So that's who Dal's hooking up with now. Commander? What? Oh, nothing, sorry. 
Was there anything else? No, that's all for now. Dismissed. Stardate 73904.2. I received word today that after considerable study and extensive field test, the so-called Wildman-Lacerdo translation algorithm is being officially adopted for use aboard all ships on the Nimbus project. What is this feeling I feel? It's not shame or grief or the other kind of shame that really needs a different word, but no language has yet managed to capture it. I think I might be... proud of what we've accomplished? That can't possibly be right. Of course, I wanted to call it the Lacerda Wildman translation algorithm, but I guess Naomi's got more clout in the scientific community since she's been published. Several dozen times. This system is so unfairly biased toward the motivated. I'd hate her if I didn't love her so much. And don't you dare ever tell her I said that. Celebrating my good fortune with a quiet night in, if you get my meaning. Betazoid, I would guess 26 to 30 years old. Dark hair, dark eyes. Doctoral student at the University of Shikar. I guess they sent her here from the Alpha Quadrant to study some economic something. I wasn't really listening. Her name is, um... Lamestra Conan. Uh, uh, I thought you were asleep. And that's Conan with a K. Are you writing a letter home or something? Oh, God, no. This is just my diary. I'll, I'll, I'll turn it off. Lamestra. Sorry. So, did you want to get some breakfast, or... Wait, you're dressed. And you're putting your boots on. Yeah, listen, this was nice, but I think I should probably go now. Oh, sure. Oh, okay. Maybe I could call you later. Hey, wait a minute. Hmm? This isn't my side of the conversation. I'm sorry? I've had this exchange a thousand, a lot of times. And you're reading my lines. I'm the one who should probably go now. These are your quarters? You know what I mean. You told me you were this meek little grad student. Never did the one-night stand thing before. I was going to let you down easy. I had it all worked out in my head. I wasn't lying. This really was my first one-night stand. And it was great, don't get me wrong. But... Well, I've always been a bit inhibited, I guess. Even by non-Betazoid standards. But then this mission came up and I thought, three days in an entirely different galaxy. This would be the perfect time to try something a little wild. I kind of psyched myself up for it, but then I somehow almost talked myself back out of it again. But that's when I caught your eye. Despite outward appearances, this really isn't about you. Not even a little bit? You're a little insecure, huh? Nope. I'm all the insecure. Every last square centimeter of it. I almost talked myself out of it. But then I came aboard Endeavor to brief your XO and I was almost knocked over by this overwhelming sexual energy still not talking about you. All right, all right. Then I remembered something from our briefing. Apparently your captain is Delton. Oh, I see where this is going. They put out a warning to all the telepathic and empathic species. Nothing dangerous, just be advised sort of thing. I came over with a small group. The Karen I was with seemed to handle it fine. I could swear I saw the Vulcan blush, but I was the only one who saw it and nobody would ever believe me. And I, well, I definitely felt it. So I thought, this feels kind of nice. And it's my excuse to finally let myself go a little. And then there you were. So I have Captain Gia to thank for this little affair of ours? Yeah, I guess. If you're anything like the other military people I've known, you probably think of the captain as a kind of father figure, huh? Yeah. 
a little bit. Gross. Well, so long. Wait. Come on now. Don't make this harder than it needs to be. No, I... You just caught me off guard. This is all fine. I... I kind of deserve this. You weren't kidding about every last square centimeter. I actually had an entirely unrelated question before you go. Okay. So, you economic guys, you've finished your study and you're going to make your recommendation this morning, right? About this Ferengi thing? You told your diary you weren't paying attention to what I was here for. If you haven't realized I lie to myself, you're lying to yourself. As it happens, we've determined that their proposal is sustainable, and we're recommending that it be adopted. So... We get to stay. Yeah, I guess. I, on the other hand, was just leaving. Oh, yeah, let me walk you to the door. I think I can manage... Oh, thanks. Okay, bye then. Wow, the ship's busier than I would have expected for this time of day. Actually, what time of day even is it? Oh, nurse. I don't think we've met before, Dal Lacerdo. Were you just going off to sickbay to start your shift, or just getting off? Wow, I've never seen this restaurant so busy. I would have assumed more people would just start eating aboard their ships when this money thing started. The Ferengi made all of these spaces a lot nicer since they took over. They've got a real atmosphere now, and the food's actually a lot better. Yeah, I guess. Or it's possible I just think that because of their non-stop marketing. One Klim steak and uh, Tarkalian tea, eight strips and 59 slips of latinum. I still can't tell yet. Is that a lot? I have absolutely no idea. So I guess this is our lives now. Look at us. Four different people from five completely different cultures that each threw off the oppressive shackles of capitalism, only to find ourselves neck deep in it once again somehow. It's beautiful, isn't it? Oh, hello. You're not one of those waiters who comes and sits down at the table with us while we eat, are you? Young lady, I can assure you I am no lowly waiter. I am the grand architect of the successful enterprise you see before you. I'm surprised you're willing to say that out loud. Look around. Everyone hates this. I agree. However, whereas you might emphasize the hate in that sentence, I choose to focus on the everyone. As in, there are an awful lot of people here, and they're all paying in latinum, like the divine treasurer intended. It's awful. Oh, you'll adjust. We all do. Look at me, I'm talking to three clothed females. Nice sweaters, by the way. What are you four supposed to be? Not interested. Yeah, sorry. I don't think you're gonna win us over on this. We're doing it because we have to, not because we want to. Listen, you Federation types love to go on about diversity and inclusion. Some of the others here, less so, but this is supposed to be your thing, right? Diversity means everyone's free to observe their own customs. Doesn't mean forcing your customs on anyone else. Who's forcing? We gave your people a choice. You know, not long after you made first contact with the Ah, I sat down with their leaders. Turns out our uh, very sensitive Ferengi ears can hear a lot more of the nuance in their language than anyone else can. I thought, good, we're starting on some really solid common ground. No offense, Daemon, but I can't imagine you and the Ah had anything in common beyond that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. No one should do without the hell kind of way is that to run a society. Anyway, that was my point. You want altruism? Go live on the Ah homeworld and breathe methane. 
You want the best meal Latinum can buy, you come to one of our fine establishments here, our Nimbus Station. You know, now that I actually put it into my actual mouth, it occurs to me that this food isn't very good. Well, as it happens, our system gives you full recourse to address your concerns. Oh, really? Like if I'm not satisfied, you'll give me my Latinum back? <laughs> Oh, no, 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 oh, absolutely not, no. Uh, but you could save that latinum, just uh, stick a little away each payday, and maybe in eight or ten years, you could make an offer to buy this restaurant and run it how you see fit. So long, losers. Season 1, Episode 6 of Endeavor featured Vishal Baradouage as Admiral Soraya. Mark Bosco as the AH scientist and the narrator, Chrissy Brannon as Zot, Terry Drozdek as Lomestra Conan and the station computer, Nathan Lajeunesse as Captain Kirk, Brian Lynch as Damon Pock, Kara O'Connor as Naomi Wildman, Matt Robotham as Rice, Nicole Santora as Terrell, Amanda Smith as Dal Lacerto, Sabrina Snyder as Nav, Jason Wallace as Kutch, and Ron Algarwat as Gul Samara. It was written by Ron Algarwat and Matt Robotham. Original theme and additional music by Rich DeThorne. For more information, episode archives, RSS feeds, and more, go to ussendeavor.com. To show your financial support for this show and receive early access to episodes, visit patreon.com algar. That's double A-L-G-A-R. Production copyright 2019 by Algar Productions. Endeavor is not a for-profit production, and all concepts herein are property of CBS and or Paramount. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun. <laughs>